In other words, oh God, I just, sorry, Charlotte. Maybe that's a clap. Is that enough of a clap or is it going to be a bit fudded? Okay, I'm stopping. Here we go. Part two, nine, eight. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson, Richard James and Chris Dale. Okay, we'll okay, happy? Now. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Got that off your chest? That was me landing Thunderbird 2, in case you were wondering. I, no, I want, the yeah, sound I effect did. was pretty good, wasn't it? Mm, I think the sound effect needs a bit more work. <sighs> you need to get a bit close to the mic and you need to do this kind of thing. <laughs> oh, hang on. Let's, 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 let's do it again. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. No, you're doing it. Oh, I'm doing it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh. Anyway, right, let's know that again. Let's okay. move on. Anyway, Jerry Anderson podcast. I've landed on the Jamie Anderson. I'm Richard James. That, no, 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 no. That's tricky for me because I have to put those little uh, names. So we have to leave them there for a bit. Yeah. That'll be fine. Right. Okay, and that over there is Chris Dale. Hello, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, guys. Now, he must be here because he's doing the randomizer a little later on. And that's when he sits down in front of a random episode of a Jerry Anderson series yep. and gives us his thoughts and comments. Yep. Right. Good, yeah. And I, I must be here because I get a book of fab facts every week and I flick through it and then read a fab fact. Right, and I must be here to shout fab as you flick through the book. Brilliant. And to do the interview. Uh, yes, of course. And the interview this week is with... Well, we're mixing it up a bit this week because we, we have not only just one interviewee, yes. but two. Is that mixing it up? Well, we've got Morgan Jeffrey and Tom Eames from the Two Geeks, Two Beers podcast. Excellent. So it's a kind of a crossover. It's a kind of crossover. So uh, I'll be talking to them yeah. about, uh, well, what they look for in a TV series. They are self-confessed geeks. Uh, yes. And I'm going to ask them, what does that mean exactly? What's a geek? Quite philosophical, that, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, what's a geek as opposed to a nerd, for example? Ooh. Yeah. I, I do remember there being... A, a differentiator. Excellent. Well, I shall ask them that later. That's I can't remember. To look forward to, isn't it? Uh, very exciting. Yes. This also, week yeah. in the dictionary definition <laughs> corner. Yeah. Also, Podstrons, our lovely viewers and listeners, have been emailing us at podcast.jerryanson.com, and we shall be reading out their emails too a little later on. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Should we crack on? Uh, what with a fab fact? Well, yeah. Okay, fine. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Uh, just in case you're wondering. Oh, uh, yes. We're not giving the AI my job, so I'm still going to be here for the foreseeable future. For the foreseeable future. Yeah, foreseeable future. Good. Okay. Good. Good. Off you go. Here comes a fab fact. Now, time for this week's fab facts. Don't look so happy about it. (laughs) Oh, what? The AI taking over from you? No, the fab facts. Oh, I see. Yes. Yeah. Book of fab facts. I flick. Richard shouts fab. I read the fab facts. Are we ready? Here we go. Fab. Oh. Oh, that's halfway through one. Hang on. Oh. Okay, that's no, fine. Okay. I just turned back to the start. Yeah, fair of the enough. Same one. Yeah. Oh, this one is uh, one of those ones that uh, addresses you directly. Oh, that's so strange. Yeah. Richard. Yes. Fab facts book. Uh, thank you. Uh, do you want to put on a voice? No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> yes, the voice Australian of the accent. Fa- <laughs> that is absolutely not happening. Oh. Richard, I'm sure you're aware of Dad's antipathy uh, towards Doctor Who. The book is sure, I'm aware. Yes. yes. It's a sentient book, all right? Fine. Uh, yes, And it's I assuming am. you're also sentient. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you are aware of Dad's antipathy towards yes. Doctor Who. Good. Yes. Uh, uh, and if you saw our recent podcast with Sadie Miller, oh, yeah. which I'm sure you will have done, yeah. you will also know he was particularly exasperated by my love, that's me, not the book, yeah. uh, of the <laughs> aforementioned long-running science fiction <laughs> fantasy series. Yes. Uh, so... How do you think he would feel if he had known that maybe, just maybe, he and his shows were 
indirectly responsible for Doctor Who's astonishing success. That would be an irony, wouldn't it? Yes. Go on. Well, how, you might ask, is he responsible yes. for Doctor Who's astonishing success indirectly? Yes, I don't know. Well, Paul Hayes's book, Pull to Open, yeah. uh, the genesis of Doctor Who, using original documents and transcripts of interviews from the time, mm-hmm. uh, starts with a BBC folder from early 1963 labelled Doctor Who, comma, General. Right. Uh, and covering the uh, period of time up until the Daleks' first appearance in the series, it tells how the show was doing okay, yeah. uh, but certainly not knocking anyone's socks off until the appearance of the now ubiquitous Pepperpots. Yes, we know that. The Daleks, and the right? nation went Dalek mad. Yes, indeed. That's right. But what does Jerry Anderson have to do with that? Well, quite. Well, yes. Paul explains. As they slid onto screens for their first full television appearance, the Daleks faced a greater variety of competition than Doctor Who had previously. Right. Uh, The ITV network was split up into regions, which it seemed were quite at liberty to show whatever they wanted. (laughs) And so it was that both the Anglia and Tyne Tees regions opted to show reruns of an Anderson show that had only made its debut the previous year, Fireball XL5. Right. While ABC in the Midlands and North showed the Anderson-esque Space Patrol right. from Roberta Lee. Yeah, OK. Both were shows that the public had seen before and fairly recently uh-huh. too. Ah. So Paul goes on. Things could hardly have been better for the debut of the Daleks. Whether ITV having a single new network programme in opposition to Doctor Who at this point would have made a difference is impossible to say. But the fact that the franchises were collectively putting up such a mixed bag against Doctor Who and the Daleks at this vital moment certainly can't have done any harm. Oh, I see. So, (gasps) is it the greatest irony of Dad's career that the fact that the screenings of his old shows helped to secure the longevity of the very show he hated? It's a bit of a strong word, (laughs) Fat Facts, but I'll say disliked. Yes. Um, Are there any podstrons out there who remember this clash of the televisual titans and maybe opted to watch a rerun of an Anderson show they loved over this strange new show offered by the BBC? (laughs) And if so... Would you do it again? Oh. Do let us know. Podcast at jerryanderson.com. Ah, right. Do you remember that original? Yes. Okay, so as the Daleks. Oh, I don't. No, I don't either. No. Not that old. No. But we're we're middle-aged, you see. Yes. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And some of our viewers are. So you can bet some of them would have watched Fireball XL5 rather than Doctor Who. Well, well, if they've already seen both of those shows, either of those shows, rather, because they couldn't be seeing both, then they'd be saying, well, I've already seen that, so I'll watch this. Yes. Maybe it did help. Yes. With so few things to choose from. That's right, exactly. Gosh. Yeah. Two channels then, probably, in those days. Was yeah. Just the two. Yeah. Great. Oh, I like that. Yeah, nice. Excellent. But what would you prefer to watch, Jamie? Uh, what, between Fireball XL5, Space Patrol, or the Daleks? Yeah. Probably the Daleks, I'm afraid yeah, to say. Yeah, really? Don't, yeah, I don't think that's unfair to say, you know, as a, yeah. as a Doctor Who fan. Yeah. And but I, would you rather watch a new Jerry Anderson or a new Doctor Who? That's the point. Oh, uh, well, that's... Had it been a new Jerry Anderson... That's tricky. What, where would you have gone? Yeah, I mean, mm. if, it, if it had been... If Stingray had been a year earlier... Yeah. That, or Space Precinct 30 years earlier. Uh, yeah. Yes. Then. Yeah, I mean, if they'd been showing Space Precinct in 1963, <laughs> I think everybody would have been really freaked out. They would have been. Those animatronics have come a long way in a very yes. short time. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And I would now be a very old man. You, you would be, as a thought. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, uh, there we are. Well done, yep. Dad, for uh, inadvertently possibly helping Doctor Who to become the success it is today. Yes. Yeah, he wouldn't be very happy about that. No. Good. That brings us uh, slightly awkwardly. Yeah. Thanks for that. Right. Uh, Fan Facts book. Yeah. To the end of this week's 
Dalek facts. Thank goodness. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Had to be. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, but you say had to be. Quite often we disagree on the had to be. Oh, be's. we've done all right recently. Well, for the last two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're watching and perhaps even listening to the Jerry Anderson podcast. Well, if you're watching, you're definitely listening. Yeah, true Unless you've got the sound off and you're watching the captions, that's weird. No, it's not weird. Might be doing the hoovering or... <laughs> well, watching the captions. Anyway, whatever you're consuming, however you're consuming us, thanks very much and yeah. hello. But what I mean to say is leave us a review or a rating. Because uh, it's yes. always nice to know how we're getting on with our viewers and listeners, what they yes. think of the show. Yes. Have you seen any recently? No. No. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just going to have a look and see well, if there are any. Okay, while you do that, could you just vacate the chair? Because I've got a couple of guests coming in in a minute and I need to interview them. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah I'll, all right. I'll, I'll do that go. now. Bye. Tom and Morgan are two mates who love talking nonsense about pop culture while also enjoying a beer. They've taken their drunken ramblings from the pub to the studio to teach each other about all kinds of films, TV shows, video games and more. From 80s cartoons to 90s kids shows, action film franchises to cult games, they'll chat about anything remotely geek-related it's Morgan, Jeffrey, and Tom Eames. <laughs> Welcome, both of you, to Wonderful Slough. Thank you for having us. First time you ventured this far west? I've never been to Slough. Oh, I've been before. to Slough before, um, about 10, 12 years ago, something like that. Um, it's taken I remember you, nothing about it. Taking you all that time to come yeah, back. But never, never been to the Thunderbirds themed no. hotel. Yeah, no, it would be very cool. That was Isn't very it? exciting. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, it's fantastic to have you on the Jerry Anderson podcast. A bit of a, uh, a sort of a mashup we're having this Pod week. Smash. Yeah, Pod Smash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit, Tom, about Two Geeks, Two Beers. Well, it was a podcast that we decided to do, um, well, how long ago now? Almost ten, 10 years 10 ago. Years ago. Yeah. And then we, we realised that all we do is, back then and now, yeah. is be at the pub um, whinging about various just pop culture. Ah. And she thought, well, put it into some kind of podcast. Perhaps someone might want to listen. Exactly. Yeah. And amazingly, about ten people have. Which is, which is, good. is it the same ten people every week, do you think? Or uh, uh, well, we're, there's some, we're there's some churn. So, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, so the, the show is basically just, normally it's one of us teaching the other one about a topic. Yes. Yeah. Ah. yeah, we would spend a lot of our time at the pub sharing a beer. Well, yeah. a beer each, not one beer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Two and, straws. Yeah. <laughs> talking about TV shows and films and games that we, we yeah. loved. Um, and we thought, well, that'll be, that'll be fun. Maybe we can turn that into a podcast and uh-huh. create some of that kind of pub, pub vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, sometimes you would be really passionate about something uh, that I had no idea about and vice versa. So we right. thought, oh, we can kind of, you know, be a little exchange of ideas as well. So right. A little mini history lesson each time. Nice. Yeah, I like it. Off into drunken I mean, that sounds far more nonsense. educational than the Jerry Anderson podcast <laughs> ever was or will be. I nonsense. You have yeah. fab facts. Every <laughs> That's true. We do. Uh, now, uh, so let's take that word. Hmm. Morgan, can you explain to me what is, in your opinion, a geek? What makes a geek? I think it's because I think it, it, historically it, it has been has had some negative connotations, that yep. word. Um, but I think we've reclaimed it. Um, and <laughs> it's quite in vogue now, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think it's just someone who's passionate yeah. about, about something. Okay. Um, and I think part of that turnaround has been uh, the, the way the internet has changed those kind of discussions and, and social media definitely has its negatives and its positives. <laughs> yeah. But one of the positives is that you can find other people who are passionate about the same things that, that you are. Yeah. So when I was younger and I was a fan of, of, of Jerry Anderson or Doctor yeah. Who or any of these various things, I didn't really know anyone. There was no one at my school who was into the same sort of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so you, you kind of hid that side of you away, those, those passions. But now I think the internet, you can kind of, whether it's you know, forums or, or social media or any, any of those things, you mm-hmm. can reach out and find like-minded people. Yeah. So it has become more of a positive thing, I think. Uh, we actually have a running gag on our show sometimes, though, that like 
are we a geek sometimes? Because the whole point is we don't know, one of us doesn't know something, or like, there's a film I haven't seen. Yeah. Okay. Have you, have you never seen we, Yeah, yeah we, call, we, call yourself yeah. a geek? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We each have <laughs> our... I'll probably prove that today. Yeah, we each have our areas that we're passionate about, but then also gaping holes in our, in our yeah. geek knowledge. Right, so oh, okay. It's an we're ongoing education. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we might put that to the test a little bit now, because it's time for us to play a little game. Okay. Just to suss out your Jerry Anderson knowledge, we call it super identification. So on the screen here, you're going to see uh, just a few moments from every opening title of every Jerry Anderson series. Right. And I want you to see how many you can guess. So as you see them, if you know them, shout them out. Okay. Right. Well, there are, there are two of us, so we should You'd technically so. have an advantage. You'd think but, so. Mm, right, let's see. Nambles. Let's see. Off we go. Okay. Twizzle. Twizzle. Oh, very good. Good start. Torch. Yes, book. yes, well done. Oh. Four for the horse. Yeah, four for the horse. Supercar. You're doing very well. Follow oh, yes. oh, that theme song. Stand by for action. Stay Has right. to be. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so glad you got that one. What's <laughs> that? Okay, so you know your supermarination stuff. Good. Yeah. Secret service. Secret service. Right. Yeah, that one. Oh, UFO. UFO. I mean, you're cooking on gas. This is an emergency. Hey, here we go. Right. Spanner. Yes. Space precinct. Well, that's it. Well, amazing. There you go. So, we did have an advantage going. There were two of us. Yeah, there were <laughs> yeah. two of you, but... Of, yeah. Okay, and to celebrate the fact that we have uh, two of you today, oh, here you are. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Special uh, two geeks, two beers, uh, Thunderbirds <laughs> characters. I mean, of course, out of 18 of them, you've got all 18 oh, right between you, but... As you said, there are two of you. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to give you Thought nine. Going to halve it. No, come on. <laughs> That's how harsh I am. That is savage. There it is. Oh. <laughs> but we'll take let's it, we'll take I'll it. stick it there. I mean, you are beating Ronnie LeDrew, the voice of Zippy, quite by some way, so oh, that's well, not too bad, yeah. is it? Yeah, well done. Uh, so, I mean, there were no gaps there at all, mm. really. Uh, I did sense sometimes that you were kind of following each other's lead. Were there some there that were more tricky than others for either of you? Well, it yeah. goes back to us having that, uh, those, those gaps in our knowledge yeah. and that you will know stuff that I don't know about. So the first ever episode we did of Two Geeks, Two Beers, the yes. podcast, was about Terrorhawks, yeah. and that was uh, yeah. coming on to... 10 years ago now, mm -hmm. um, oh. and at the time, I had never seen a single episode of, uh -huh. of Terror Hawks. Tom was a massive, massive fan, and so was kind of <laughs> and, um, filling me in, and since then, I've kind of, you know, caught up. Yeah. Nice. Um, Whereas you're, you're much more knowledgeable about me, uh, about the live-action stuff, like Space 1999. Spa yeah, Space 1999. Okay. You're more super marionation, super <laughs> macromation guy. Have yeah. you now seen all of the series... Or, or an example from all of the series, oh, if not yeah. all the episodes. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah? I, I can't claim to have no. seen every single episode <laughs> yeah. of everything. Yeah. Oh, well, um, kindly leave now. <laughs> <laughs> You've have seen episode seven. Or I, haven't, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't binge watched Torchy. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think we've probably each seen an, an, an episode of something. every single yeah. okay. series. And, and some 
we've, we've seen yes, it multiple every, times. Every yeah. single year. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. Okay. Not so hot on Lavender Castle, though, I've got to say. No, that's yeah. probably. Well, we might have a question or two on Lavender Castle oh, a bit later <laughs> on from our viewers and listeners who have been sending in some uh, yeah, questions no. that we'll, uh, we'll nice. pose a little later. Now, uh, Morgan, uh, mm. eagle eyed listeners and viewers will recognise you from a previous appearance on the Jerry Anderson yeah, podcast. Like, oh, this guy, this guy again. <laughs> <laughs> so they will know your association then, I think, with Digital Spy and now with, with Radio Times. Well, I, yeah, I used had to. Be... You, had you started Radio Times then? I think, I think I'd made the crossover. Right. Yeah, yeah. so I, I was um, previously the TV editor at Digital Spy, which yep. is a news and entertainment website for anyone who doesn't know, for uh, again about 10 years. And then I uh, moved across to radiotimes.com and I'm now the editor of uh, the website. Uh-huh. Um, but that's just a hobby. Two Geeks, Two Beers is my life, my passion. Are you yeah. one of those uh, lucky people then that have found uh, an occupation that, that is their hobby? Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Like yeah? the, the stuff I'm passionate about is, is, is entertainment, is TV, is films, is, is games, and I am very lucky that that, is, that that has in some ways become yeah, my living and, yeah. my, and my passion. Yeah. Yeah. And Tom, what on earth do you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, actually, I used to work at Digital Spy as well, as well oh, which is where we met. I um, see. And then, so I was a, a features writer there, so on TV uh-huh. and all that kind of thing. But uh-huh. then I did a master's in radio years and years ago, so I've always wanted to work in that side of things. And now I am the digital editor of Smooth Radio and Gold at Global. Okay. Um, if you love your George Michaels and... and Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, very similar to... Taxi music, FM, music. as my wife calls it. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although, if you ever hear magic, you have to turn it Yeah, <laughs> that's um, right. And so, yeah, so it's kind of the same thing, but more of the music end of the spectrum. So mm. I think we're just both obsessed with pop culture mm. and any kind of... What, what he's driving at is that he does a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to the <laughs> Two Geeks, Two Beers podcast. Well, I mean, that sounds very familiar. Yeah, yeah, he does all, you know, all, yeah. the, all the audio recording and editing. And yeah, yeah. I just turn up. Now, so what would our viewers and listeners uh, expect to hear and see if they tuned into a, a Two Geeks, Two Beers podcast? <sighs> a drunken mess. I'm <laughs> we, normally, we normally go for at least one pint. Not, yeah. We don't do it while recording anymore. We okay. To, we're a bit more professional outfit now, <laughs> sort of. Um, but, yeah, the well, thing is, well, so one, we like to try and do a different topic that's quite different to the previous episode yeah. each time. So um, one minute we'll be doing Animals of Filing Wood. <laughs> And then we'll be doing what was it, Generation X? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. so what you need for a successful podcast yes. is to have oh, a please ve- tell me. is to have a very <laughs> is to have a very clear niche and to identify that niche. Sure. So what we thought we'd do is have it about something completely different every single <laughs> I week. I know. Um, we, we always joke that if we wish if we did it again now, it would yeah, okay. be, t- be totally different. <laughs> of course. Yes. We're like, well, we're, we're appealing to a different audience every week, or <laughs> yeah. appealing to no one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But okay. no, it, it is very kind of you know. Some weeks it will be about a, a, fi- a film that we're very nostalgic about. Some weeks it's a TV show. Some weeks it's a, it's a game. Yeah. I say week. We don't put them out every uh, every week. Okay. Okay. Efficient. It's every every month or so. Okay. We put out a new a new episode. And I suppose then Jerry Anderson was bound to or is going to feature at some point. Absolutely. Have you done touched oh, on many of his programs yet? Oh. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. So the first episode was was terrible. So yeah. we actually want to do a, a redux, if you will, of, oh, of yeah. that because it's been so long since we did. It. We if we listen to it now, it'd be very embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we had obviously Jamie come on the show as well, which was uh-huh. which was brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, oh, we could do an episode on all of the Jerry yeah. Anderson. We could and, sh- and, and should. And and yeah. Could. So so stay tuned. Well, there'll be more Jerry Anderson themed episodes yeah. in the future, no question. And uh, so thinking of the Jerry Anderson shows, and that, that's why we're here, of course. Jerry Anderson podcast. Yeah. Uh, how can you place Jerry's series in 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 the context of the sort of stuff that you watch? Is it in terms of quality? Is it a nostalgic kick, or do you think the series still have things to offer today? Well, well, I suppose a big chunk of it, and the other thing we like is is the nostalgia angle, mm. um, it, it sort of harking back to a different time. Mm. And I think for me, growing up, 
for whatever reason, puppets in general just 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 connected with me. I think there's so many of my favourite things, which whether it's Labyrinth or ah oh, yes, um, even things like Fireman Sam, where you know it's not puppets, but, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Or, um, you know, I remember watching those old Pinky and Perky shows from the '60s and had a VHS of that. But I think there's just something about that which taps into maybe I don't know if it's just our era or, or yeah, still, I, I think it's partly nostalgia, but I also think. Um, nostalgia only does so much of the, the heavy lifting yeah. and something mm. still needs to be good mm-hmm. to engage exactly. and we didn't watch those shows when they first went out we watched them in mm. the in the early 90s of course, yeah, and they right. had to compete with modern shows yeah. but the fact that they did I think is testament to how much hard work and effort went into crafting those shows and the fact that there was such a kind of high bar for, for quality yeah. um, that you can watch clips now and they still the, you know the effects still yeah. stand up quite often the performances still still stand yeah, up the writing yeah. yeah and when did you become aware of sort of Jerry Anderson as a as a producer as a name when you were watching those early shows yeah. were you able to attach the name Jerry Anderson to Terra Hawks or did it sort of pass you by until no, I later think, I think it's because it's such big bright letters isn't it mm. yeah. I think it, I didn't maybe when I was a kid I didn't know necessarily who he was until yeah. but you knew the name yeah because you know pre-internet and yeah. all you know all that information yeah. at hand but he's like oh we use this like yeah. spearheading the whole thing yeah. yeah yeah i think i think i was as you say you might not be aware of like the, the man necessarily but you knew the name and you mm. sort of knew the the brand even yeah. though you probably uh-huh. didn't think of it that way when you were but definitely later in life like there are certain things like thunderbirds and mm. captain scarlet and stingray i think more so the super marionation stuff yeah. Yeah. that you would more readily associate with him and then yeah. i think there were shows that i'd heard of but didn't necessarily know they were part of of the stable yeah. so i think even when i watched space precinct for the first time i maybe didn't make the connection that mm. oh it's the guy who did thunderbirds and all the all those yes previous mm. shows. and of course it was so different you know the live action shows are so different from uh, the likes yeah. of joe 90 and captain scarlet yeah that, uh, it's the breadth of the uh, the storytelling and yeah the, is, is but still with, with, with the common elements which is you know yeah. that, that that sense of adventure and the great characters and yeah. quite often the, the technology and i'm just always amazed at how how many they're able to churn out and yeah. all the different worlds within each yeah. each show yeah. well how 18 you, opening title yeah. sequences yeah. we just showed how you. Did you have time to, to come up with all those stories. Well, I, I've things. always said if, if someone had created, if Jerry had only created Thunderbirds exactly, yeah. or only created Space 1999, mm. he'd still be held up as this incredible creative force yeah. Yeah. to have made that many... It's like Prince. Like, just, <laughs> just an, an album every year. <laughs> at least one. The Prince of, of Cult yeah, TV Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, I asked you uh, in our email exchange uh, earlier in the week to furnish me with some early mm. Anderson memories. Mm. So, Morgan, we're going to start with you, okay. and we're going to have a look at what you were watching okay. as a wee Morgan Jeffrey. Take a look at this. <laughs> chance. You throw your gun away and I'll come in and pick you both up. You heard him, Scarlet. Do what he says. Okay, Captain Scarlet. It's either going to be you or me.
There we go. The climax to the first episode yeah. of Captain Scarlet and the Mr. The car view there, the most impractical parking structure <laughs> that has ever that. been. No, we don't talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so your first Anderson memory. So how old would you have been the first time you saw Captain Scarlet? Oh, I think was it was uh, re- repeats, obviously, in the, yeah. in the early 90s. Yeah. I think it was maybe like 92, 93. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, someone might correct me, but so I, I would have been six or seven. Okay. Yeah, eight at the most, I think. And I you were very specific in your email to me about the yeah. moment that Captain Scarlet's... Uh, expression on his face having been shot and falling yeah well it's it's those moments I obviously had watched the whole episode but it's certain moments that stick with you I think like visceral images that get burned into your brain when you're younger and I specifically remember the puppet's face changing when he gets shot and the horrible grimace and then that chilling blood curdling scream as he because I, I think as a as a kid you don't like to be or I didn't like to be talked down to so anything that felt a bit grown up was, oh, it, was yeah. exciting. Yeah. So when you saw someone get shot and pull yeah. a horrible face and plummet to their death, then it yes. was like, this is, this, is, this is great, this That's is right. thrilling. Yeah. That's right. Well, Sadie Miller, who was a previous guest, was mm. talking about um, the, the feeling of feeling fear in safety. Yes. In a safe environment is, yes. is an important those, thing for kids. Yeah. And, and, a seminal moment, perhaps. And Doctor Who, I think, does the same thing for, or did the same thing for a lot of its fans, which yeah. is those, those safe scares. It's not, it's not full-blooded horror movie scares yeah. that keep you up at night. It's those kind of, it's those fun behind-the-sofa scares. That's right. Mm. Uh, but more of a fan of the live-action stuff, you say, Morgan. So uh, is there a reason, how do you feel about the, the, the puppets, the, the marionettes? No, I mean, I, I love it all, and I'm a big fan of the, the super, I'd say I probably... Um, I I was into the the, the, the 60s stuff, so definitely Captain Scarlet and the Mister Ons probably yeah. my favourite of all the the Anderson yeah. series. Uh, uh-huh. Space Precinct because it was the first. I think I had some uh, knowledge of the fact that Captain Scarlet and Thunderbirds were not as good as they looked. They weren't they they weren't new shows. Sure. So my parents would say, "Oh, I used to watch those." Yes. Um, Space Precinct was the first Anderson show that felt like it was for me because yes. it, was, it was new at the time. And do you remember so. anything of sort of the buzz around it? Do you remember the the, you know, the trailers for the new series, or did you just kind of I, stumble across it? I think I might have just stumbled across it, but yeah. I certainly remember it being a big deal mm. on the BBC at the time. I felt like there was this was this big flagship big budget which it was mm. show and there was um, a lot of fuss being made around it at, at the time yeah space precinct pogs yes the pogs yeah absolutely. that's the most right. 90s thing ever space <laughs> precinct and pogs what even were pogs <laughs> what did you do with pogs were they like tiddlywinks or did you just collect them yeah, or what were they, well, yeah, they I mean, flicking or you, 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 you meant to but it was a game where you, you had guys. started now. You went, yeah. <laughs> we did a whole pogs. Episode. We did a whole episode about pogs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Bits of um, cardboard. Get what was it? A slammer, and then you were meant to do. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But no one played it. Did, no, they? did no, you? No. Have, so you had an Officer Orin pogs. Hmm? Did you Who? have Officer Orin? Oh, uh, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Like, but uh, yeah, you'd go to like the Arndale Centre on a Saturday. And Sounds to, amazing. Yeah. It was like very dodgy dealings going on. But yeah, no, I miss those days. Yeah. <laughs> swapping pogs yeah. at the Arndale Centre. <laughs> Uh, now, we do have some uh, questions in our Space 1999 lunchbox. Nice. Oh, wow. very, that's uh, incredible. Very kindly sent in from some of our listeners and viewers. So <laughs> there are two of you, so just reach in and maybe take a couple each okay, for now. Okay. And Thank then we'll do a couple you. each again next week. Oh, there we go. Thank you. See how we go. Oh, All right, one more one. for you then, Morgan. Okay. That's it. Right, uh, Morgan, after you then. Oh, okay, wow. Um, so Jonathan Bell yeah. says, this is a very specific question, um, oh, what, what, what's our favourite lager each? Oh. What's your favourite lager? Okay. Or I guess we can open it up to be beers more generally. Yeah, well people, people this is where people 
sort of lose respect. Yeah. The, the other oh, thing, this is where they lose respect. <laughs> if they're still here. The other thing you need for a successful podcast is a very clear brand, great branding. <laughs> right. And most people think we host a craft beer podcast. So again, again it's not... Yeah, it would not be I called that, that now. now. No, we, um, would, we would rename it and, okay. uh, and it would be about something totally different. Right. We, but we apart, from that, listen, apart from that, it's a huge success. Um, well, yeah... Thing is, I I'm quite partial to a uh, John Smith's, oh, okay. um, which isn't a lago. I know, no, it but, isn't. Um, I'm going for that. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I quite this is, and this is I quite like a Heineken. Yeah. Yeah. You, know you are, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But these are the kind of insights that people tune to the Jerry Anderson podcast for. Don't worry, I'll cut all this. <laughs> 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 but there you go. That's that's that one. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, Tom. Okay. Who do you have? Um, this is from James Pilson Wood. Oh um, yes. Uh, why do you think cartoons from the 80s and 90s have far better theme songs mm. than anything from the 2000s onwards? Yeah. I think yeah. um, it's because of the rise of streaming. Mm. Um, and in particular, that, that option you now have to skip intro. Um, so yeah. you, you would see that shows now, quite yeah, often, yeah. They would, why, why invest all that time and money into great title sequences, great theme songs of the sort that Barry Gray used to write, yeah. when people could just... They used to be the hook to bring you in, but yeah. now they're disposable, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, I remember the day, it was when like 24 and Lost were big and they just didn't have themes. So yeah. That was, that was pretty strange. Yeah. So I think, yeah I, I, yeah, I think they just, for whatever reason, they were like, we've got to fit in so much stuff in the next 40-odd <laughs> minutes or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they just didn't think that it's was... A lost, yeah, I think it's a Lost, And why do they stay with us for so long? I mean, I remember mm. theme tunes in particular from mm. shows I was watching in the, in the 70s and, yeah. you know, and 80s. So why is it that those... Songs stay think, with us. I think it's just a different, um, different time. I guess I think back in like even you know seventies, eighties, even for like films, you'd have like big songs from the film that mm. would be part of it, that'd be mm. part of the success of the film. They'd release the main single mm. even into the nineties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, well into the nineties. But for whatever reason, that just that fell out of fashion, mm. and um, it might have just seemed a bit naff after a certain mm. while. But I think that we miss that now. I yeah. think um, it's proven, you know, Barbie just proved that you can do it. Right. So I, I think, you know, I don't think we talked about Barbie today. But, um, <laughs> oh, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is a lost art. And I think um, yeah. TV and film, I think um, yeah. we miss it. Yeah. yeah. Another question there, Morgan? What have got here? Um, Michael Morris says, are you planning a Rainbow Bright episode? Oh, yeah. um, we weren't, but we, we can. If there's what, demand for it. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. Did, well, there obviously is. Yeah. We've, got <laughs> one, we've got at least one listener, which is one more than we yeah. all have. Well, so. tell us about Rainbow Bright, for those of us that don't know. Do you know? know. Well, it, wasn't it the equivalent of He-Man? Oh, yeah? For girls at the time? Oh, right. It? Okay. She-Ra, isn't it? Well, it's She-Ra, isn't it? I ah. remember, remember my sister having Rainbow Bright dolls. Right, okay. That's all I can remember. Okay. So, we'll look into it. Yeah. Okay. Sure this will be one where neither of us knows about That's it. That's right. And we'll, we'll learn as we go. Yeah. Which yeah. we have done before, which is yeah. more of a drunken channel. Well, so yeah. what is your sort of criteria for choosing shows? Is it the, mo the more obscure the better or not Sometimes. necessarily? Yeah, I think it's just as long as it's got that kind of passionate geekiness to it. We, we really stretched that. Like I did an episode on The Lake House of Keanu Reeves once. Right. Just because it's just because Genu I... Genuinely one of his favourite films. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, kind of anything goes. The really <laughs> yeah. I, I think that having some sort of nostalgia around yeah, it is important. Exactly. So that can be something that has a really clear kind of like sci-fi angle to it. Yeah. But also we did an episode about Live and Kicking from the 1990s, yeah. which was the kind of like, Saturday kicking. morning... That's right, magazine programme. Magazine yeah. programme. Yeah. Because a lot of people our age do have really fond memories of that show so I think nostalgia is the, yeah. is the main thing yeah 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 uh, another question there Tom yeah this is from Paul Hyder mm -hmm. uh, geek sure. used to be an insult what changed well uh, kind of kind of covered yeah. that I think yeah. I think it's the fact that um, people have kind of found their their geek tribe um, yeah. and it, you don't feel like you have to be it was it was used maybe as an insult um, but now people are proud yeah to be to be geeks and I think 
I don't think know. shows like weirdly like Big Bang Theory kind of helped with that in a did weird it? way. Well, <laughs> maybe it did. <laughs> but I think it kind of made put that sort of thing into the mainstream, and, and, and yeah. some people lurched down to that kind. But of But we thing. still get to reclaim the word nerd. Yeah, that, that still needs. There's a, bit a reason more it's work. not. Yeah, two nerds, two beers. <laughs> <laughs> it does have a different angle to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe that's next. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Well, so we looked at your first Anderson memory, Morgan. Tom, we'll, we'll turn our attention to you now Great. and uh, see what first caught your attention from the Anderson universe. Awesome. There he is. Why is he smiling? I look miserable. <laughs> oh, so good. It's technically not even Jerry Anderson. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it counts. Oh, it shouldn't be that good. <laughs> I mean, that's the first time we've had a video I don't sting <laughs> as the first answer. Explain I'm, yourself. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's what young people say. It goes far it's harder than it needs harder. to. So this was so, uh, I guess I was probably about seven or eight or even younger, where um, I think we were in some sort of shopping centre in Paul. <laughs> I mean, what a life you live. I, yeah, yeah, I spent entire childhood yeah. in Always in that Arndale centre. Um, and, yeah, we, we had two, we bought two Terrahawks VHSs, um, and the beginning of it starts with that. <laughs> and so I only watched the same episodes of Terror yes. over and over again. Yes. And loved it. Yeah. I knew I was in for a good time when that started up. Mm. And it's just something, I don't even know what Channel 5 is. Did they just do VHSs? Just distributor. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Um, but they, that was. That was just the excitement level building of into the into yeah. the, the, the next. Genuinely, I get like you know in my butterflies. It takes you right back, doesn't it? Exciting. Yeah, that's right. Again, you, you you know kids these days miss out on things like VHSs. You don't have that before a, before a streaming show, do you? And then, what do you remember specifically about Terrorhawks, if anything? From yeah, those well, early no, days? I mean, it's it just. Um, and what was it that grabbed you so much about I think, it? Well, straight in, you got Tiger Einstein going, stay on this channel, uh -huh. this is the moment thing. And yeah. um, the, the theme music is just, mm. is, I'd say, the well, I'm biased, but I'd say it's the best of all the Jerry Anderson shows. Um, it's, it's so catchy. And, but I just think it, was, it just felt like the, the, the modern at the time, you know, 80s equivalent of Thunderbirds mm -hmm. and, you know, following Star Wars and all that kind of mm -hmm. thing. And... Um, I just loved the characters, loved um, the, the humour attached to it. And I think mm. um, just as a kid, I, I seemed to gravitate towards more sci-fi stuff. Like I, I used to watch Red Dwarf at the time. Even yeah. though I didn't really understand the jokes as yeah. a seven-year-old, but it was the same kind of vibe. Yeah. And um, yeah, just just loved it. And what about Terrorhawks now? Does it still stand the test of time, do you think? It in does, any ways? that's the thing. I only watched those, what, it's probably about eight episodes mm. on those two VHSs. Yeah. And, and um, about 10, 15 years later, I finally... Saw the rest. It was so <laughs> right, exciting! Okay. Like, oh my god, there's loads of episodes, <laughs> and it's it's just it, it. I I will watch it now, and it still holds up, and it mm. is just. And I'm I'm sure it's a lot of it's the nostalgia attached to it. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I got you a big finish yeah. set for yeah, your birthday. Yeah, uh -huh. that's, those are great please, well. Jamie. Vinyl as well. As Excellent. Well. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, and there's a difference, of course, in the puppetry from mm. the super marionation days to the super macromation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you think of that? Is it, does it, was it a successful leap? Do you think, or I think it was. I, I think I don't know if everyone agrees, but I know the, um, there's a certain vintageness to the Thunderbirds era. Yeah. Um, but I, I like. I, I suppose that's what I was. I grew up with. But yeah. I, I, I like the, um, the, the way that the, the puppets' expressions in Terrorhawks look. Yeah. Um, and and the way, especially characters like Zelda and. How terrifying! It's such terrifying <laughs> creatures in yes. that turn up. That's right. Um, 
So yeah, I, I, th- I think that was great. Yeah. yeah, and a great lineage there with Denise Breyer doing the voice of Zelda, who was of course you know in the All early back days. To Twizzle, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, now. I suppose you'd better have a little look at Two Geeks, Two Beers in Action. See what that's all about. Oh, okay. Let's have a look. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what was it going to be? David McCallum, yeah. he released several albums in the 70s. This is mad madness but, to But him. he teamed up with a guy called David Axelrod. Right. And he, he didn't sing necessarily. He right. sort of produced great, brilliant, like... Um, Genuinely good. Like instrumental stuff. Oh, wow. One of which was a song called The Edge. Right. Which was later sampled yeah. by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. What? So you know the <laughs> next episode? Dum, 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 dum. That's, that's David McCallum. Are you... That is... That is... I'll play it to you now. Incredible. Yeah. This is the original. This is fascinating. Yeah. No, 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 no. Now, that... Blew my socks off when I heard that because I didn't know that. <laughs> you were amazed. For those kind of <laughs> yeah. great trivia facts, tune into the Two Geeks Two Beers podcast. Yeah. yeah, incredible. How do you find this stuff then? Just you just stumbled across it by accident, or yes? Yeah, so, did you I mean, know that? And I you were, know you that were saving anyway. it for when. Yeah, well, this, was, this is an example of you. You have a really incredible encyclopedic knowledge of of classic uh, music. Like you can do every Christmas number one ever. Yeah. Right. You know oh, things great. like that, which is just not my sphere of knowledge at all. Yeah, I see. Yeah. But yeah, I remember almost saying it to you in the pub beforehand. Yeah. Like, I got. I can't, Save it. I can't. I've got to see your, your reaction. On camera. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. So where can our viewers and listeners find uh, the Two Geeks, Two Beers podcast? Oh, twogeekstwobeers.com right. um, is the website. And yep. you can find the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Yeah, Spotify really. and, yep. and everywhere else. And, and uh, uh, either of you on uh, social media that we could uh, give you a follow on? Yeah, the podcast is um, Two Geeks Cast yep. on, mm-hmm. on, on, on variously Facebook yep. and X as it is now, and threads and TikTok. Instagram. Wow, um, you're all over it. We're all over it. And then I'm uh, at Morgan Jeffrey on on Twitter. X. Yep. That's probably the best place to yeah, find and me. I'm yep. at Eamsy, which is E A M E Z E Y. Excellent. <laughs> Good work. Uh, now, oh, that noise means it's time for uh, your final game. It's called Quick Fire Five. Oh. Now there are two of you. So I'm going to give you uh, a question each, and uh, they require an either-or answer, okay? Do we get half points again? No, there's no scoring this time. <laughs> okay. You'll be relieved to hear. So, you need to choose a base, Morgan, Jeffrey, Tracy Island or Hawknest? Oh, he's going to be mad, but I'm going to say Tracy Island. Wow! <laughs> yeah. uh, Tom, David McCallum as Spectrum's Colonel White, or William Shatner as Space Precinct's Captain Podley? Going to go for McCallum. Oh, yeah, got to be done. Choose a robot companion, Morgan. Mm. Sergeant Major Zero or R2-D2? I'm Sergeant Major Zero. Really? Good question. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Tom, can I order you some lunch? Perhaps you'd like some delicious Simpter Squab from Space Precinct or a bowl of Terra Hawk's Granite Crunchies? It's going to have to be the Granite Crunchies, isn't it? You quite often eat cereal for lunch. (laughs) I do, and dinner. Yeah, (laughs) fine. Uh, Now, you're going to have to fight over this one between you. So choose your Spectrum Agent colour from the Dulux colour range. So which of you is which? I need a Captain Jasmine Shimmer and a Lieutenant Raspberry Diva. Oh, I think you're the Raspberry Diva. Yeah. <laughs> I instantly gravitate towards <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, shimmer. Ah, uh, yeah. It suits you. Well done. Yeah, yeah. great. Uh, that's a quick five five. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, you. Will you come back next time and we'll talk more geeky stuff? Check our schedules. Oh, okay. No, yes, yes. <laughs> From the Two Geeks, Two Beers podcast, it's Morgan, Jeffrey, and Tom Eames. Thank you. Morgan and Tom. Nice of them to drop by. Uh, I don't think they had anything else, you know, in their diary, so why not drop not. by? A bit sad you didn't give them any beer, though. Uh, but it is a bit early well, in the day for that. I mean, 
It is a bit early, Jamie. It's six law somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but anyway, you can find their podcast, as they mentioned there, Two Geeks, Two Beers, online, various platforms and on YouTube, I think. And if you go back to episode one... Oh! I'm on it. Oh, yeah, episode one. They yeah, chose the launch with the, you. I know. Well, you wow. set the bar low and then you go up from there. <laughs> That's true. It was me and Terrorhawks. That's where we went wrong because we had like Gary Newman, John Coleshaw, Sophie Aldrin, Miles. early yeah, days. I know. Should have saved them. Yeah. Well, hang on. What are you saying? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, good. But they'll be back next week, of course, in the second part of their interview with me around this very table. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, so thanks to Tom and Morgan for popping by. Cheers, Tom and yeah. Morgan. Cheers. Uh, now, talking of cheers... I like to give a cheer every time I receive an email from our wonderful Potterons because they sit down very often at their computer consoles and computer consoles type out the address podcast.jerryanderson.com putting something in the subject line and then filling the main body with an email and then hitting send. Yes, via a secure communication channel. Would you like to read some out? Yes, sure. Right. This is the voice of the Potterons. Uh, in strict opposition to my short one from last week. was very short. Today, very long one. Oh, good. Uh, and I'm going to try and read it in order rather than giving any spoilers by mistake. Like right, by telling do. us who it's from and yeah, then having okay. to say who it's from. So yeah. now the, the anticipation of who it's <gasps> from will build. I wonder who it's from. I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> hello, Richard, Jamie and Chris. Hello, stranger. Uh, yes, hello, stranger. <laughs> I was excited by the announcement of Standby for Action 2 and have already booked my tickets. Well done, whoever you well are. Well done, whoever you are, yep. yes. Uh, I have also had the audacity to appoint myself as musical director for the event. Fair and enough. feel well well qualified for this role for two reasons. Okay. Uh, one, I am a veteran of Standby for Action 1. Sure. Two, I am in the top 3% of Barry Gray fans on Spotify. Really? Well, there's a claim to fame. That's great. Top That's 3%. Top I like 3%. That. On that basis, yes. I would please like to suggest some pieces that would be great additions to the repertoire right. uh, and to hear performed live. Specifically, yeah. uh, as part of a Thunderbirds medley, noting that the interview with conductor George Morton back in Pod 214 discussed the idea of more sweets, which I mentioned a couple of weeks, oh, back, yes. uh, weeks ago in the news. Yes. If the concert idea was ever revisited, which it is being. Taking the main theme and its variations as a given, the list is as follows. Titles taken from the Silver Screen soundtrack release. World Exclusive Foiled. Monorail Drama. The Hood and London Airport. Sidewinder. Recovery. KLA Collision. The Launch. Heading for the Sun. Jeremiah. And Thunderbird 4. Oh, yeah. Uh, more focus on the Ond Martineau and its wide spectrum of oh. sounds, good gang there. Yes. Uh, and uses would also be right up my street. Good. Keep up the great podding and congratulations in advance for Pod <gasps> 300 coming very soon. Yeah. B-W-O-R-F-A-B-S-I-G. Yeah, but who's it from? Paul Davis. Oh. That's Les Paul Davis or Lay Paul Davis. It's Les Paul. Uh, on YouTube. And yes, it's uh, Les, Les with a du- with a Z. It is. Les it's Paul. not the French plural. Uh, we yeah, know well, now. We really. Les yes. Paul Davis. Oh. Thank you, Paul Davis slash Les Paul Davis, not Lay Paul Davis. Oh, great, Paul. Oh, great to hear from you. That's a nice list of, uh, yeah, some musical items. Yes. And they're definitely being considered. Well, well. Excellent. Uh, Jay says, hi, Richard, Jamie, Chris. With all the recent talk of arranging much-deserved blue plaque memorials for Jerry, I'm reminded of another potentially suitable place. Mm. We've heard that Jerry served in the RAF at what was then RAF Manston, mm. nearby to my home in East Kent. That's ah. Jay, not me. Good. 
Uh, there is a small station museum that's still there, but nowhere in it could I find any mention of the fact that Jerry Anderson, a name so many people quickly relate to, ever served at the station. Uh. Given the fame to which he rose in the years following his D-mob, I was surprised at this. Jamie, you've often told us how important his RAF service and aviation in general was to your father, and so many guests have testified to this in interviews. Mm. It seems fitting that he should be remembered in some way at the museum, especially since that gear-up landing incident at Manston was part of the inspiration for one of his most memorable episodes trapped in the sky. Uh, perhaps you could approach the museum, maybe even uh, to share a photo from his RAF days at the station, and future visitors will be able to make the connection. It just seems right, doesn't it? All the best, Jay. It does. I'm sending yeah. a message to the team right now. Great, excellent. To reach out to the RAF Manston. Yeah. Um, nice thought. Was it a store? What do they call it? Station Museum. Yeah. RAF Manston. This is fascinating uh, podcasting, isn't it? By the way, will I, so will I get that email? Am I part of the team, or is it a different WhatsApp group? It's not your area, is it? I mean, you, if you want to do it, do you no, want to no, do no, it? No, no, we could go and do a podcast there. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Copy okay. me in. Uh, okay. Fun. You carry on while I write this. All oh, right. Okay, yes. Caleb says Hi, Podsterons. I was watching a Thunderbirds episode, Desperate Intruder, and I saw out of the corner of my eye the leg of the Sidewinder. In this scene, Brains and Tintin are chatting to the professor and the leg of the poor Sidewinder is on our left holding up a canopy of some kind and he attached a screenshot to prove it and it's true, it's there. Uh, hope you find this interesting. Caleb. Gosh. Did you find that interesting? I did, very. Yeah? And I sent my email. Yeah, good. Well done. Multitasking. Like it, yeah. Good. Am I doing this one? Yeah, go on. Dear Jamie, Richard and Chris, it's been a good 18 months since my last email. That's a, a good 18 months. 18 or a, months. Or he's saying a long, proper 18 months. I hope it was a good 18 months for I you, writer. I hope it was a good 18 writer. months, yeah. Uh, since my last email, so I just wanted to drop you a little message, having finally caught up with the last four months of podcasts. Well done, you. I've recently moved jobs, and although I'm unable to tell you what I do for a living... Oh! Oh, oh we can dream, can't yeah. we? I can tell you that the one-hour commute to... Uh, one of the country's most active Air Force bases has become a great time to catch up. This sounds very exciting. Is he a spy or a... Milton Hall or Lincoln Prototype aircraft test pilot or something? It's great. Uh, I can therefore confirm that your voices are occasionally heard whilst moving around the base, whilst said uh, jets from said Air Force base are taking on and off. Well, they could hear our voice occasionally. Right. Yes. <coughs> emergency! Emergency! Uh, no, evacuate! No, evacuate! Stop, stop, stop. Oh. Goodness me. All right. If we get in trouble for that, then <gasps> it's nothing Natural to do with me. Security. That was all to James. Uh, if you get taken away next week, we can replace you with AI, so it'll be fine. Uh, yeah. I've got to say what a top guy Craig Morris is. Here, here. Well, that's true. Um, uh, to find out that he's loaded ITVX full of Anderson goodness is next level. Yeah. Uh, now I can watch Joe 90 from the comfort of my bed first thing on a Saturday morning, just like it's BBC Two in 1994 all over again. Ah, oh, great. Sorry, Jamie, but I'm with Chris on that. Yeah. Um, it's the definitive Anderson happy place. Well, fun. perhaps for some, that's fine. Well, yeah. Good for you. Uh, I also want to add a heartfelt thanks for producing the Life Uncharted documentary. Well, that's uh, thank you very much. That's lovely. Uh, it was an absolute superb work from Ben Field uh, here, here, um, uh, and all the team. And I must say, the personal touch to make such a show brings the fan base in closer to what was already a very warm and tight knit community. That's a lovely thing to say. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Uh, lovely to hear. Uh, I can only commend you. See, you should have read this because then I wouldn't feel bad for <laughs> praising myself. 
myself. I can only commend you, uh, all of you, plus the other people working at Anderson Entertainment for their dedication in keeping us all engaged after so many years. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's the the team doing great work. Yeah. Before I go... Oh, yes. How are we looking for another season of First Action Bureau? Uh, And also, if I could uh, make a suggestion for a future guest on the show, I would love to hear Darren Nesbitt uh, sometime, who was uh, fantastic in the UFO UFO episode, The Man Who Came Back. Yes. I think he was in The Protectors as well. Uh Anyway, as you were, all the best, Mike. Well, yes, Darren Nesbitt. I did do a little Google for him, actually. He's still around, still with us. He's 88. So I, I might reach out, see how he's doing. You can always do a home visit. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Uh, First Action Bureau. First Action new Bureau. series. Any yeah. news on that, James? Oh, I don't know, Richard. Is there any news on that? Or who knows? Who can um, possibly know? Because, yeah. as we know, nothing is true. Nothing is true, yes. Maybe something will be true in April. April, you say? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I Do you don't think? Know. Maybe. Yeah, we'll find Great. out. Anyway, yeah. thanks, Mike. Yeah, thanks, Mike. And thank you to all our wonderful podstrons who emailed in at podcast.jerryanderson.com. It's always nice to hear from you, because without you, we'd be nothing. Well, we'd be 30% shorter. That's true. Yeah. We'd say <laughs> yeah. 30% less. Yeah. Right, come on, let's get a move on. Head over to the randomizer. Is that now? Yes. Okay, Chris, good luck. I don't know why I wish him luck every week. <laughs> well, Tom, thank you ever so much for joining us here in Slough today for the thank Jerry you. Anderson podcast. And, uh, of course, as you're here for the podcast, mm. you get to push the button on the, the randomizer. Very exciting. You get first preference over Morgan. Okay. As it should be. Indeed. Oh, that's it. Well done. Anything you're hoping to see come up today? I mean, obviously, I love a bit of um, Terror Hawks, but, you know, I, I like any of, any, of the, um, any of the puppet shows. Ah, even that one? Yes. Yes? Fantastic. We've got a bit of Supercar today. It's a very early episode of Supercar. It's Amazonian Adventure, in which Mitch the monkey is a bit poorly. Supercar! Boom. So, we welcome back to the randomizer. It's Supercar. It's Amazonian Adventure, which I believe was the second episode to be filmed. Uh, I have this lovely, jolly music. Uh, It was, I remember on the Supercar VHS releases in the 90s, this was the second episode. Uh, We rescued Mitch and Jimmy and Bill in the, the first episode. You should know better than oh, get dear. behind the jet, even in play. But I'm so drunk. Yes. Now come on out now. Uh, the first time that Mitch inadvertently got himself behind the engines of supercar, but not the last time. Uh, mounting makes just the difference to the thrust on changeover. Yeah. Satisfactory. Most satisfactory. Yeah, we are talking about same stuff and filling up the running time. Most satisfactory. Slap back in your seat all the time. Professor. From now on, it will be like riding on air. Well, surely that's uh, um, uh, just what it is. Mm. Hey, Professor. Oh, what are you doing here? Uh, not now, Jimmy. <laughs> we are talking about yeah, stuff that actually matters. And I can't make you move. Oh, Come dear. On, then. And the dramatic music is playing, so we know I this is a serious situation. I, Hard uh, to get. I don't think he's playing at all. What do you mean, Doc? Irregular breathing, a muscular restlessness, and I fear he's sick. Oh dear. Oh no, poor Mitch. There's some uh, very sad, pained noises from David Graham there. Mm, In my opinion, he needs immediate attention. I hope it's not too late. Oh no. He's got 
Unexplained terminal oh, plot disease. It's very serious. I just know. Look at his yeah, eyes. Dr. Beaker is having a word with Mr. Hardwick as a vet. Ah, Mr. Okay. Mr. Harpick? Oh, you don't want any of that. So. Oh, poor Mitch. And I know he is a bit of a hindrance it's to the supercar team, well, but I do like him in the first series as a character, not so much as a plot well, device. I've seen Mr. Hardwick off. What did he say? With, with a shotgun. He's not very knowledgeable on the subject. I suppose for a man more conversant with cattle and dogs and horses, uh, that's only to be expected. Hmm. Yeah, but what's he going to do? Well, for the time being, he suggests this uh, antipyretic uh, to fight the fever. Hmm. Do you think it will work? Uh, We're looping this uh, happy music. Be researching into some I'm also wondering what the, those bits of paper on the wall are supposed to be. Are they like paper dartboards? Then we'll just have to nurse Mitchell's cells, won't we, Doctor? Hmm. We'll send him to the farm upstate. What has happened to Dr. Beaker? Ah, <laughs> uh, Beaker's brain is always at work. P-L-A. Placentalia. Plagihedral. He's making up words now. Mm-hmm. Yes, curious. Most curious. I like the, the body language, though, the way he's got his one, one foot up. Plasmodium is the name given to certain parasitic organisms found in the blood of patients with quartan and tertian ague. Well, actually, I didn't know. According to Dr. Sharp... And straight away, I mean, this is only the second episode, but we have this wonderful relationship established between Mike and Beaker, which I think this episode is going to really cement the fact that that is one of the, the assets of this show going forward. Especially the fever part. It goes on to say... The monkeys are sometimes seen to cure themselves by eating, during their wakeful moments, the leaves of the jungle plant known in the local tongue as Tlogai. Tlogai. Oh, there's a picture. <laughs> oh, right, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Well, let's go get some. Yeah, uh, get some. Uh, some Tlogai. Well, you got a better idea? Uh, well, uh, since you press the point... Ah... Mm, uh, yeah. uh, no. Yes, I, I don't believe this was broadcast as the second episode, and I suppose it is a strange choice to go with this as the second episode when you've established with the first episode that it's going to be you know, sort of action-adventure with this supercar and flying here, there and everywhere. And we go from that into a, a small-scale story about a, about a sick monkey. But look at this way. Mitch is one of the outfit, and he's sick. Maybe this is a little further than the corner drugstore, but that's what supercar's for. Uh, Mike, yes. when did you agree uh, that Mitch was part of the outfit? I thought we were going to sell him and Jimmy to that pet shop in town. I'm sure we'll find the plant, Professor, because... Yeah, instantly they've just accepted the fact that Jimmy and Mitch are there for the foreseeable. I'll be glad to have you along, of course. It would be better if I come along. I can't stand being cooped up here with Jimmy. I'm a scientist. I shall be able to select those areas where the plant is most likely to be found. Ah. Well, you just got yourself a job, Dr. Beaker. Yay. What do you say, Professor? Is that okay with you? Of course. You are right. And I will stop preparing supercar for takeoff in, in half an hour? Great, Professor. Come on, Dr. Beaker. We'd better get you rigged out. Hear that, Mitch? They're gonna get you some medicine. Yay. You're gonna be okay. Aww. There was a very sudden cut to black there, as if to say, and then it didn't go very well. Uh, but of course, this is a supercar. We know they're going to save the day 
we know no one's going to die in this episode. Or are they? Again, I love the dialogue in this first series. All's fine, steadily, Mike. How's Dr. Beaker? He's fine, Professor. Open up the roof doors. Also, Beaker's sitting quite low in his chair, and I wonder if that's supposed to reflect the fact that he feels a bit a bit poorly. But I think, yeah, they do establish in this episode that this is Beaker's first flight in supercar. South America, here we come. Yay. So we don't get that shot of Mike sort of lolling his head back up uh, to look at the sky, the gormless expression on his face, uh, that we sometimes get. It was a, a piece of stock footage from the first episode. alone. Stop talking. Mike and Dr. Beaker will be back in next to no time. And in the meantime, I'm here with you. I won't leave your side. How lucky are you? Annie Pie, whatever it is that Dr. Hart would I like the sad music as well, which I suspect may not have been composed for the episode, possibly. Oh, come on, Mitch. Try and drink some, just to please me. Hey, Mr. Supercar, are you receiving me, Mike? What is your course and speed? Supercar to base, airspeed 600 knots, altitude 5,000 feet, course 170. How do you like flying in the supercar, Doc? Well, I felt on takeoff that uh, my cardiac organ had temporarily altered its location. <laughs> you mean your heart was in your mouth? Uh, precisely. However, the acclimatization period was but short in duration. Yeah, I think this is broadcast as like the fifth episode. Sensations concomitant with high-speed air travel. After several other episodes in which Beaker had flown in supercar. There are these little bits of, of continuity throughout the series that a, a random episode order doesn't quite do justice. No, no, for sure, Professor. There's an awful lot of jungle down where we're headed. What do you think, Dr. Beaker? When will we get there? Uh, 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 it will be difficult to say, Mike. We had better steer for the upper reaches of the Amazon River. After that, it will depend upon our finding a suitable landing point. Yes, this is something that um, sometimes I find a bit hard to get through with supercar, especially quite early on. Their, their journeys to various destinations could take quite a while. Again, I suppose it was a useful way to um, pad out episodes that were underrunning, potentially. Ah, yes. I, uh, I ought to warn you that unless we are extremely fortunate, the terrain is liable to be very damp. Roger, Doctor. I'll see what we can find. Calling base. I'm looking for a place to set down. Good luck, both of you. No, we meant we needed your help to establish such a place to land. Now selecting vertical flight. There we go, coming in for a landing in the Amazon jungle. How is he, Jimmy? Gee, Professor, I don't know. I've bored him into a coma. Medicine. He just went to sleep on me. Oh. That's how Dr. Beaker said it would be. More sleeping than waking. He's, he's not gonna die, is he? 
Well, Jimmy, you've, uh, you've seen enough of science in action to know that we never can be 100% sure of anything. But with Mike and Dr. Reed, I like as well that they don't immediately go to, no, 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 he'll be fine, it's fine, don't worry. Uh, I like that they are honest, but encouraging. It's only a matter of time before they find this Logi plant. Logi. We must be patient. Not Tlogai, Tlogi. Ah, Beaker's got his pith helmet on. Most satisfactory. Not too much moisture in the air or the soil. A good landing spot, Mike. Really, very good. I rated 10 out of 10 on landing spots. It's more than possible. As I recall, the Tlogai plant itself grows in the forks of tree trunks and therefore should not be too difficult to recognize. More nice comedy music. Yes, indeed. I would suggest not using uh, very long words, of which I know a lot. Yes, they're being watched by some uh, jungle tribes people. And this is uh, interesting because I gather if it wasn't this episode, and I think it was, there's a high chance it was this episode, um, there was a, an episode of Supercar that... Uh, they were ordered to reshoot scenes for because they they had this tribe and they were the puppets were black and they were ordered by ITC America to either reshoot the sequence or just not show the episode because of certain they, they were afraid that certain stations in the south wouldn't broadcast the episode um, so now we have these tribes people with um, with a lot of facial makeup on face paint. One of whom I suspect might be a reuse of Red Scout from Four Feather Falls. That spear doesn't look particularly gratifying. It is not the. But I do love the fact that that Mike and B could just wander up to these very obviously dangerous-looking guys. Whose facial patterns? <laughs> What's going through the minds of these these two tribesmen? Ah, one of them's a medicine man. More likely to know the habitat of the Tlogai plant than the medicine man. <laughs> he looks a very friendly sort. Hey, hold on. You can't just... But it's also the... Uh, an early example of what would later flourish in super in Thunderbirds, of um, you know Americans finding Britishness funny, so we have this sequence of Beaker being a, a very a, a, being a real Englishman abroad. Just we, we'll we'll speak slowly to the, the tribes people in English. Uh, you speak Truly, English. I reckon we can consider ourselves surrounded. Oh dear. Well, That's it, Mike and Beaker are captured. The they are now in uh, yes, a tent or a hut, being held prisoner. Did you notice that arrow, I wonder? Hmm. How could I help noticing it? It <laughs> missed me by inches. Yes. And we're coming up on a very, very, very dark moment. Not only for this show, but I think for Anderson shows generally. Because of uh, something important relating to this tribe. Something they do. I am sure most scientists believe the tribe extinct. But to find them very much alive here in the 20th century. Most interesting. Ah, headhunters. They collect heads. 
I love the of the eyes there. And here we go. We have a collection of severed heads. And they don't dwell on the shot, but the, their heads are certainly visible in the background for the rest of the story. Um, it's so ghoulish. The fact that most of them look like Beaker, uh, I don't know if, the, if there's any way to assume that these are sort of dummy heads or test heads from puppets that then weren't used. I would assume not, but they just, oh. The fact that those are real supercar, real people within the supercar universe who had their heads cut off. It's just, I love it. It's so... Poor guy, no. <laughs> it's so grim and ghoulish. Um, and you assume that a lot of them would have been similar to Beaker. Ah, hello, old chap, yes. I've come to study you. Oh, no, what are you doing? What are you doing with that knife? Oh, dear. I mean, even Captain Scarlet wouldn't present you with a, a shelf of severed heads. Supercar is just like, well, this is a this is a part of life. The sooner children learn about these headhunters, there are the heads again. It's your head they seem to be interested in, and not mine. Oh, do you really think so? Yes. Well, if I got the drift of that last Because all of them look like you. It's an interesting line of speculation, Mike. I'm quite enthusiastic about this. Uh, I also like that one of the, the heads doesn't have eyes. And I'll tell you why. Because I don't want to get my head cut off, and you obviously seem to want it. Now, my idea is to get back to Supercar mm -hmm. and bring her over here. Ah. And maybe we can impress these head fanciers so much they'll let you go. Good, Mike. That's a very sound idea. Yes. Roger. Though you're taking more of a risk than I am, Doc. Do we have the slow guy? Be gone. Look, let us stop being theoretical, Mike. The quicker you are off, the less chance there is of that happening. Ah. And since the walls are only woven, I suggest... And since we've landed here in a tribe with only two members... We might be all right. Here is as good a place as any. I should be able to get out on this side without either of them seeing me. Get out. It's a bit of Graydon Gould's uh, Canadian accents looking through there. Roger, pilot. Ah, uh, that was easy. <laughs> yeah, any other character would have to sort of you know, there would be a little bit of a fight, but Mike just strolls out. So far, so good, I guess. Yep. Try him again, Professor. They can't have been gone this long. I don't know, Jimmy. I'm beginning to wonder whether the radio system may not have broken down. Have another oh. try, Professor. Uh, perhaps I could spend ten minutes pulling it apart and explaining the names of Base each component in detail. Are you receiving me? Base to supercar. Are you receiving me? Over. You'll never guess where we are, Professor. Ah, uh, nothing. I don't understand it. Oh. Supercar to base. Supercar to base. Mike here. Do you read me? Base to supercar. Hello, Mike. We read you. Mike? Are you all right? I also like with this show, and it's quite rare for an Anderson series, that you have a group who aren't sort of answerable to a higher organization or aren't part of an organization. These are more like a group of friends just kind of trying to, working together to solve problems. Get out again. supercar back to scare the living daylights out of them. Yes, Mike, sounds a good idea. How can we help? Can you think up any way that I can throw a real good scare into them? 
Very well, we could uh, let Jimmy read his story to them. But I've got to pick up Dr. Beaker, too. Uh, yes, that is not so easy. If you land and they see that it is your flying supercar, they might not be so impressed. Well, I'll tell you the truth, Professor. They don't seem to be very impressed with me anyway. It's Dr. Beaker they really go for, or at least his head. I see. Yes. Now, listen, Mike. So it's very much you know that the threat here is Beaker could have his head cut off. Which again is just, I don't know, it's so strange that this is in the show. I had to step out for a moment. He'll be back shortly, I sincerely hope. Oh, really? Yes. The resemblance is quite uncanny. Oh dear. Right, Professor, I get you. It ought to work. It's got to work, Professor. Well, it is dangerous, remember. Supercar carries a lot of inflammable fuel on board. Yes. But it is worth trying. Hello, Mike. We'll give it a go. If you switch on Clearview to intercom, maybe we can see what is happening and give you advice on the spot. Good idea. I love the comedy inherent in this as well. The, the tribes people getting more and more excited and Beaker just being so patient in his explanation of what he's actually there for, what he wants. I love the dancing. Um, I think it's the medicine man there as well. Um, I was also thinking as well, this is the first jungle set you would have seen in an Anderson series. Uh, I suppose it must have been a nice change for the people making the sets to have had, to, to know that they were now working on a series where there was weekly variety of sets as opposed to Four Feather Falls where it was just every week you knew you were going to have the saloon, the sheriff's office, the high street, main street and similar. So I would like to think that they sort of uh, enjoyed the challenge of that. Okay, fire one. Did you hear that? Who? I said, did you hear that? I believe you're in a trance. And the drummer's getting a real good sound out of that drum with his one hand. You're making me feel quite seasick. Fire two. It's not lifting, Mike. I reckon the ground's a bit soggy from the waterfall. Oh, yes. Be careful, Mike. Here's another important part of early supercar, the fretting. We have to discuss whether this plan will work, or what we will do if it doesn't work, and why it might not be working. But no. Hey. Supercar is finally taken off. Or you'll blow every fuse in the car. They'll be so cross. Oh, never mind. I'm plugging them into the auxiliary outlet now. I wish I had three hands. Ah. A rare bit of uh, animation for the series. Normally, you would only get that kind of animation in Supercar to animate um, the flashes of guns. It's, it's enough to distract the uh, headhunters. In any case, it would be a pity to miss any chance of impressing these gentlemen. <laughs> gentlemen. Well, how many more of these this power system can stand? Better save my powder for the next one. 
Hey, Professor, is there any way I can make a lot of smoke? Uh, you could try running the engines on takeoff mixture instead of normal. Well, sure I could. That's it. Rich it is. Okay. See, in Thunderbirds, they would just have a button marked black smoke, and that would... But in Supercar, we have to have this, ah, oh, well, you can do this, oh, maybe if we do that. Bring your fires to my command. This is, again, a lovely touch and some great early Beaker character stuff. Oh, spirits of the forest, send your devils to speak with me. Ah, yes. He's trying to take uh, responsibility for what Mike is doing in Supercar. It is I, Beaker, the wise, the powerful. And the devilishly handsome. That was a jolly good one. Oh, they're terrified. Well said. Professor, that's working just great. That's it. Mike's arrived to rescue Beaker. Now I have succeeded in the... And I love this uh, next line from him. Your attention. Perhaps we can have a little service around here. Hello, <laughs> guy. And make it snappy. Oh. It's one. A again, as much as I said it, it's um, a key episode in establishing the Mike Beaker relationship, it's a key episode in establishing that Beaker is the star of the show. Stay, my wrath. But let us behave ourselves. Yes, they've given him some Tologai. Return in my sky chariot and uh, wise you up. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly they, they go from Beaker is this, you know, very serious professor at the start of the episode. By the end of this episode, he's having a bit of fun here. I don't know what we'd have done without you, Dr. Beaker. Oh, I can't imagine life without Mitch. Say thanks, Mitch. Yay, Mitch is feeling much better. Thanks to the true guy. Times to have Mitch scampering around the workshop again. Remind me to keep my laboratory door shut. Oh. Uh, that's not because of Mitch, that's aimed at you, Jimmy. Well, that was Supercar, Amazonian Adventure, and uh, I've always rather enjoyed that one. I suspect that it might not be a favourite of many people. Uh, I think possibly some people prefer the um, the Master Spy and Zarin episodes where, where we have a clear villain as such. Whereas here the, the enemy is is time and and these odd little tribes people who are in their way quite sweet. Uh, but also a key episode for establishing Beaker, uh, how, how important he is for the series. And just this understated, supremely understated um, horror element for those severed heads on the the shelf with the tribespeople. Oh, lovely stuff. Very dark, but very lovely. Oh, Mitch the monkey. Poor Mitch. Oh. I mean, poor Chris. Yeah, poor Chris. But yeah. What, what do you think of Supercar? It's it's of its time, shall we say? Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it covers a multitude of sins. It absolutely does. But you've got to, it, it, as with all these things, it, there's the context. Yeah. You cannot watch it as if it was made yesterday. No, absolutely right. In 2024. Right. No, exactly. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, I wonder what he'll watch next week. I, 
I don't know, Richard. I suspect it'll be another random episode of a randomly chosen Jerry Anson series. I think you might be right. Yeah. Because it's the random That's the format of the... Yeah. Thing. Well, you'll have to join us next week for pod 299. 299? One shy of 300. Three... Did you ever think it would last this 100. long? No, I really no. didn't. When we were uh, having... Was it... Did we discuss it when we were having an ice cream? Oh, we've had this conversation before. I know, yeah. but I always yeah, forget. Did, yeah, was yeah. it an actual ice yeah, cream? Yeah, yeah, it was an actual ice cream. Do you cream. know, that was before I became lactose intolerant. Right. And on that bombshell... No, no, just lamenting that we can't recreate No one the... wants to know about your... Yeah, OK, fine. Moving on. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Let's get started. Let's go. Spectrum is green. Lactose intolerant, that's a shame, isn't oh, it? Oh, I know, because I love When's cheese. When's the last time you had some cheese, then? Well, I've got lactose tablets, but they're only about 80% effective. So. 80%? Does that mean you're still 20% intolerant, or does it only work 80% of the time? It Well, either 80% effective or 80% of the time, and it's really not worth it for when it doesn't work. Oh, It's horrible. Gosh. I know. I, I, used to be, I used to be intolerant of people who said they were lactose, lactose intolerant. Yeah, and yeah, now, I bet you were. I'm very sorry. I bet you were. Because I, could... I, I, it's, yeah. Yeah, now you know. Oh, it's terrible. Shall I tell you what I'm intolerant to? Uh, please do. Can't wait. I'm looking at him. <laughs> there might be some tablets of that. Goodbye. <laughs> that was an Anderson Entertainment production.